1: Happy Wednesday, football fans, and welcome in to another edition of the Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Signs, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, I will preview Thursday night's clash between the Saints and Cowboys. I will also recap some of Week 12's games and break down the current playoff picture. The Saints have won their last three games by an average margin of 31 points and continue to prove their caliber as the NFL's best team. Drew Brees is aware of the Cowboys momentum entering Thursday's game and says their defense is fundamentally sound. They're, uh, they're playing at a really high level right now, um, obviously they're hot in you know, the last three weeks. Um, defensively they fly around they're very well coached very disciplined um, you know they're taking the ball away they're just doing all the things that the great defenses do getting pressure on the quarterback good against the run I mean so really in every facet of what you would say is winning football championship caliber football these guys are doing it right now Cowboys will look to extend their three-game win streak when they host a red hot Saints team on Thursday night just when it seemed like their season was over Dallas received a spark from Amari Cooper and it now has them in position to control their own destiny. While the Saints present a stiff challenge this week, Cooper says their confidence as a team will not waver. Yeah, I mean obviously when you win three in a row, confidence is pretty high. It's hard to win one game in this league, Um, so to have it consecutively. You know, that builds builds a lot of confidence. I will discuss all that and more coming up in the latest episode of the Chase Podcast. The Fall is another production of the Chase Podcast. Covering the latest news and analysis around the National Football League. Turn the volume up. The chase is on and the chase is live. Now let's raise your voice. down! It is Wednesday, November twenty eighth on the Chase Podcast. Isaac signs with you here for some more NFL content. The season continues to move forward as week 13 is now upon us. Looking forward to getting into Thursday night's preview between the New Orleans Saints and the Dallas Cowboys. But before I can get there, I always like to give a little recap, recapping some of the most impressive victories as well as the most disappointing losses. And I like to pinpoint one team for each side. And with that being said, the most impressive victory for me in week number 12 has to be the Denver Broncos and their 24-17 victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. The Broncos have... Slogged through a gauntlet of playoff hopefuls this season. An arduous trek that really has included the best the NFL has to offer this season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. As they had been one of the hottest teams entering week number 12. We all saw what they did to the Carolina Panthers a couple of weeks ago. And entering mile high, we all know that that is a very difficult place to play. The Steelers, however, were still regarded as the favorites. But the Broncos knocked them off in a slugfest, a gritty victory. And while in the early stages of the 2018 campaign, it looked like this Denver Broncos team was going to sink their way Into another head coaching change, however, in back to back weeks, this is a Broncos team that continues to surge and play good football at the right time as they knocked off the Los Angeles Chargers the week prior and now they topple the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, two of the conference's best teams were put to bed by a Denver Broncos team that has dealt with their share of injuries this season, but continue to fight and put out valiant efforts each and every week. You're looking at this defense that, no, they have not been playing up to that same caliber of elite level of defense, but Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, the rookie who's starting to turn things on, Chris Harris is putting together a strong season and they're getting strong contributions from Adam Gotsis, Brandon Marshall, Justin Simmons. There he had that blocked field goal on Sunday. This looks like a unit that is battling for their head coach and it's a very encouraging sign for this fan base, for this franchise, and you know what? The playoffs are not out of reach just yet for a five and six Broncos team that if you look at their upcoming schedule, their next four opponents do not have a winning record, and none have faced what the Broncos have to get to this point in the season. This is a battle-tested Denver squad. Of their six losses, two of those were to the Kansas City Chiefs who lead the AFC West and Both of those were by small margins. Another one was to the Los Angeles Rams by 3 back in October. And then they dropped a 2 point loss to the Houston Texans who just won their 8th straight game on Monday night. So watch out. This team has everything out in front of them in the way this AFC wildcard is shaping up. It looks like the Chargers will hang on to one spot. Or the Chiefs if they slip up and the Chargers end up winning the AFC West. But that second wild card spot is up for grabs. And the Denver Broncos have played their way into contention for that spot. Now I'll go ahead and discuss the most disappointing loss for me. and I touched a little bit on this on Monday in my high flyer, top denier, and under fire segment. But it's got to be the Miami Dolphins and their 27-24 loss to the Indianapolis Colts. The Dolphins, they thought they had solved their road woes this season. Ryan Tannehill's return from a shoulder injury appeared to jumpstart what had been a stagnant offense under Brock Osweiler. The defense forced three turnovers and pressured Andrew Luck for much of the game. You got Xavier Howard, the corner who continues to emerge as one of the better young corners in this league. Picked off Luck in back-to-back plays. Then over the final nine minutes of the game, everything went awry and the old troubles for the Dolphins came roaring back. Andrew Luck he made the most of Miami's mounting miscues by directing three late scoring drives culminating in an Adam Vinatieri game-winning field goal as time expired to get the three-point victory over the Dolphins who by the way had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter this was a Miami team that entered the game desperate, looking to find a way to get back on track. Now, many people forget, but this was the same Dolphins team that started off the season undefeated. They were calling on their critics. They were wanting more attention. They were wanting the limelight. They clearly felt disrespected for how all the NFL analysts counted them out. However, at this point in the season, it's looking like the trajectory of their year is certainly pointing downward and losing a game of this magnitude against a fellow AFC team who, by the way, is contending for the same AFC wildcard spot. That does not bode well for a team, especially as December comes Our way in the playoff race continues to heat up. So the Miami Dolphins, they definitely had the most disappointing loss of week number 12. Now I want to go ahead and take a glance at the current NFL playoff picture as we move on. Now right now, here's what it looks like. In the AFC, the first seed belongs to the Kansas City Chiefs who are 9-2. Second seed right behind them is the New England Patriots, 8-3. They're coming off the victory over the New York Jets. Now, this is, of course, if the season ended today. Kansas City and New England would be awarded a first-round bye. And then you move down to the AFC wildcard section, where sitting there at the three seed is the Houston Texans, who are now 8-3, won their 8th consecutive game on Monday Night Football over the Tennessee Titans, 34-17. to 17. Bill O'Brien has this squad playing. Lights out on both sides of the ball. Deshaun Watson continues to make progress. DeAndre Hopkins, Demarius Thomas, hauling in two touchdowns. And then, of course, you look at the type of comeback season J.J. Watt is having. A lot to like if you're a Houston Texans fan, especially if you take a glance at the remainder of their schedule. They could very well be playing for one of those first-round buys just knowing that New England still has to play formidable opponents in the Vikings this coming Sunday night, and then they got to play Pittsburgh and Houston you gotta like where they're at right now because they could potentially squeeze into one of those first round buys. Now you look at the fourth seed, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who currently sit atop the AFC North with a 7-3-1 record. As mentioned, they just lost to the Denver Broncos, but They're still out ahead in that AFC North and things continue to fall in their favor other than Le'Veon Bell and that whole situation that I'm sure they want to put behind them. But you look at their other AFC North rivals, the Cincinnati Bengals. They lost Andy Dalton for the remainder of the season. So while they sit at 5-6 without their starting quarterback, you can almost put their division crown aspirations to bed. And then you look at the Baltimore Ravens who are still a game and a half back of them where Pittsburgh tied the season series with them. And then the Cleveland Browns who have some work to do. So the Steelers right now, barring an unforeseen turn of events, the Steelers should end the season as the AFC North champs. And then you look at who they'd be playing. So for the Texans, they would currently play the sixth seed... Baltimore Ravens, who are 6-5, and five. Lamar Jackson has started the last two games in Joe Flacco's absence. And while he's had some ups and downs, this guy is dynamic, an electric playmaker coming from Louisville. There's a reason why he was the Heisman winner coming out of college. Now, of course, he still does need to become more of an efficient passer and surveying the field and going through his reads and progressions but if you're John Harbaugh and Marty Morningweg the offensive coordinator you have to be satisfied with what you've seen from Lamar Jackson this offense looks like they have a little bit more firepower A little bit more momentum after hitting a little slump. You have Michael Crabtree, John Brown, who's been silenced since he got off to a nice start at the beginning of the season. And then, of course, Baltimore really likes to attack you with a bevy of tight ends they use with Max Williams, Mark Andrews, the rookie, and then Hayden Hurst, the first rounder. The offensive line has been good. And of course, you know, their defense is going to come to play as they rank in the top two for total yards allowed so right now that would be an intriguing playoff matchup between a Baltimore team that prides themselves on smash mouth football and limiting opposing teams going up against the Houston Texans team that looks like Super Bowl contenders themselves and then for the Steelers they would be playing the number five seed Los Angeles Chargers who are 8-3 and and just throttled the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. Phillip Rivers, I talked a little bit about him on Monday and how he's just really playing out of his mind at 36 years old, showing no signs of stopping. Now, one thing to monitor with the Chargers, Melvin Gordon, his knee injury, we're not sure how long he's going to miss but the Chargers are hopeful that he can return before the regular season ends and get ready for the playoffs. So we will see... How that situation plays out. And in the hunt, you got the Colts at the seventh seed who are six and five. They're still very much alive, especially after that win over the Dolphins. They've won five games in a row. The Tennessee Titans dropped one on Monday night, are now five and six, currently the eighth seed in the AFC. And then the Dolphins who are five and six as well, and their playoff hopes seem to be shot at this point. But you can never say never. Now looking at the NFC, right now the number one seed is the New Orleans Saints, who are 10-1, and and then you look at the Los Angeles Rams, who are the second seed at 10-1. and Now of course, both of those two teams played earlier this season. The Saints won that one at home, so they do carry the head-to-head advantage over Los Angeles, which is is really huge because if both of these teams stay stride for stride all the way through week 17, the Saints would have the nod as getting home field throughout the entire course of the playoffs. And then you look at the third seed where we've seen a little bit of a change of scenery at the top, so to speak, in the NFC North. How about those Chicago Bears? They're 8-3, and three, coming off yet another victory They did it without their starting quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. It was Chase Daniel who got the start. They went into Detroit, a division opponent, on Thanksgiving Day. Found a way to win the game with that dominant defense, Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson with a pick six. Gotta tell you what, when I previewed the NFC North, I had Minnesota atop and Green Bay second. And I knew the Bears had some potential to make some noise with Matt Nagy in his first year. But I did not expect them to peak this soon. But they are a dangerous team. And a team that I think can challenge the top two squads in the NFC. The Saints and the Rams. Just because the Bears, they have the personnel on defense. With Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd, with Akeem Hicks. Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, the first-round linebacker. This is a defense that is built to play in January. Vic Vangio, who's already garnering head coaching attention, has done a stellar job on defense. And so right now, they would be hosting the six-seed Washington Redskins, who are 6-5. and five. For a wild card round playoff game. Now, of course, you'd like the Bears' chances because the NFC East Division is clearly the worst in the NFL this year. The Redskins, they lost Alex Smith to a brutal injury a couple of weeks ago. So it'll be Colt McCoy for the rest of the season. And they have just battled the injury bug all season long, losing three starting offensive linemen. Seems like there's a new injury every single week to this team. So right now, the Bears, they're in a nice position. If they can fend off the Vikings, who are still very much alive, in this NFC North and of course the Packers while they've lost a couple of their last games you can never discount Aaron Rodgers and what he can do down the stretch. Now looking at the other wild card matchup the Dallas Cowboys who are at the fourth seed they just overtook the NFC East top spot for the moment after their Thanksgiving victory over the Redskins. They've won three consecutive games and will host the New Orleans Saints on Thursday night. I'll get into that preview in just a couple of minutes. And then you look at they'd be hosting the Minnesota Vikings, who are the fifth seed at 6-4-1, coming off a big win over the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. The Vikings, they are a scary team. You do not want to play them in the playoffs. Kirk Cousins is starting to elevate his game. You could tell he's developing strong chemistry with Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, where a strong argument can be made that both of those wideouts combine to be the top duo in the NFL Those receivers, you do not need to throw them perfectly accurate balls because of their ability to go up and make contested catches and bring down receptions in crowded areas of the field. Then, of course, this defense, which hasn't really played up to the level that we're accustomed to seeing, they still do have all the talent. Danielle Hunter, Everson Griffin... Lindvall, Joseph, Sheldon, Richardson. And you look at their linebacking core with Kendricks, with Anthony Barr. So this team is certainly one you'd want to avoid when it comes to playoff time. So that matchup between Dallas and Minnesota would definitely be one where maybe the visiting team would be viewed as the favorite just considering how the NFC East division has shaped up to this point in the season. Now, go ahead and look at the NFC in the hunt right now. This is a tight race. You got the Seattle Seahawks, who are coming in at the 7th seed, 6-5. and Everybody discounted them this season. Many people weren't even willing to give them 4 or 5 wins on the year just because they're in a rebuilding phase. John Schneider and Pete Carroll... We're adamant that they were not in the process of quote-unquote tanking because Russell Wilson, as long as number three is up and going and he's healthy, this team will be a tough out in the playoffs. They're coming off a huge victory in Carolina, so they have the head-to-head over the Panthers. That's why they're the seventh seed. And as for Carolina, they're the 8th seed at 6 and 5. They've lost 3 straight games. The arrow is pointing down for them right now, but they're still very much alive in this wild card hunt. Obviously, you know they're not going to catch the Saints for the NFC South title. But Ron Rivera's bunch to us, plenty to play for. And then coming in at the ninth seed, the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending champs, who were down 19-3 to in the second quarter to the New York Giants. But Carson Wentz and company, they found a way to win a game by a winning field goal off the leg of Jake Elliott. They're still very much alive in the wildcard hunt, but... You can't even rule them out from winning their own division as they just sit a game back of the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins, who they'll play both of those teams in the next two weeks. The Eagles will play the Redskins on Monday night, and then they'll play the Dallas Cowboys in Week 14 on the road. So everything is out ahead of Doug Peterson's team. So there you have it, just a little brief, recap of the current playoff picture from both the AFC and the NFC. I will be talking about this as we continue forward into the season. It's going to be interesting to see how these wild card spots shape up. Now is a time where teams need to be playing their very best football because when this time comes and the end of December and Teams continue to deal with injuries and in different scenarios. Now is the time when you got to rise to the occasion and put your best foot forward. Now I'm going to move into the Thursday night preview between the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. This should be an exciting game with two teams that are riding high. Of course, one team has been in the win streak for a longer period of time as the Saints interplay with a 10-1 record and have not lost since week number one when they fell to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And as for the Dallas Cowboys, they're 6-5, They were 3-5 at one time with their backs against the wall. And just like that, they reeled off three consecutive victories and now find themselves in position to contend for a playoff spot. Dallas will now look to win their fourth game in a row while snapping the Saints' 10-game victory streak. Now, For this Dallas Cowboys team, a lot has been going right for them. Their offense has shown great improvement over the last several weeks. In their last three games, the Cowboys are averaging 26.7 points per game, which is a dramatic boost From their previous performance without Amari Cooper, this was a Dallas offense that was only able to garner 17 to 18 points per game. Scott Linehan, the offensive coordinator, had come under fire for the lack of creativity in the play calls. Jason Garrett was on the hot seat, yet the Dallas Cowboys have found a way to find some traction on offense continue to move forward with their identity, which is being a run-first team with Ezekiel Elliott. And that has put them in a great position right now as we begin week number 13. Of course, that still pales in comparison to what the Saints have done for the entire season. The Saints are averaging a mind-boggling 372 points per game in all 11 of their games so this is a high potent Saints offensive attack with Drew Brees. Sean Payton has done a phenomenal coaching job with the talent that he's accumulated there in New Orleans on both sides of the ball. Now I want to look at some key matchups in Thursday night's game that could carry some weight As to whether the Saints continue to roll or the Dallas Cowboys pull off a potential upset. So here we go. The first one being Amari Cooper versus Marshawn Lattimore. This matchup is going to go a long way in the outcome of this game. On the Cowboys offense... If it wasn't for Cooper's exceptional route running and his ability to create separation at the line of scrimmage, the Dallas Cowboys would not be in the position they are right now. Dak Prescott has struggled trying to throw guys open this season as well as really fit the ball into tight windows. One thing Amari Cooper has been able to succeed at is creating enough separation from the jump to create space for Prescott to throw in a pretty wide margin of area which then enhances Prescott's ability to complete passes down the field. Now going up against the corner and Marshawn Lattimore who's the defensive rookie of the year a season ago, this guy is physical. He plays with a sense of swagger. He knows how to lock down opposing wideouts. Now, this guy, you have to remember, faces Julio Jones twice a year. He faces Devin Funchess. He faces Mike Evans. So he he's used to facing off against big physical wideouts. Now, Cooper... Doesn't quite fit that profile. However, he is very similar as far as explosiveness and separation skills. The Dallas Cowboys still ranked 27th in the league for passing. And the Saints, they ranked 29th in that category. So they have struggled defending against the pass. That's why Sean Payton and this organization... Went out of their way to acquire some secondary help by trading for Eli Apple ahead of the trade deadline. Now Apple has been solid in his own right. He's not a potential Pro Bowl corner yet, but he does provide depth for a Saints defense that desperately needed that as the season continues on. In four games with Dallas, Cooper has hauled in. 22 receptions for 349 yards and three touchdowns. Now, Lattimore, he's been solid in his own right, compiling 34 tackles, one interception, and nine pass defenses. Mind you, he also has forced two fumbles, so this is a guy that has a knack. For creating turnovers. So that's another thing. Cooper has struggled to hang on to the ball in previous seasons. Now that has not been on display since he arrived in Dallas, but that is something to factor into the equation. So these two guys will be going toe to toe in probably the marquee matchup on the outside. Now, The Saints may feel comfortable leaving Lattimore out on an island against Amari Cooper just because of Lattimore's ability to play tight man-to-man coverage. So that could alter this game in a huge way if Lattimore is able to hold his own against Cooper because then that allows the Saints to keep an extra man in the box to slow down Ezekiel Elliott and this Cowboys' rushing attack. So keep an eye on how that matchup plays, but make no mistake about it, the athleticism of Cooper and the high football IQ of Lattimore is certainly going to make this matchup so much more intriguing as Thursday night inches closer. Now the second matchup that I'm going to be watching is this Cowboys rushing attack against the Saints' number one-ranked rush defense. Now, New Orleans has been stout in the run category and have not allowed a 100-yard rusher since week 11 of the 2017 campaign. So a gauntlet has been laid out for Elliott to shoot for a fourth straight 100-yard game. Now, this is a Dallas rushing attack that ranks in the top five. They're averaging 135 yards on the ground per game, and this is really the sole reason as to why the Cowboys have been able to win three consecutive games. It's because they've been able to establish their identity. Now, one area that... Clearly has propelled this Cowboys rushing attack forward has been the play of left guard Xavier Suafilo who replaced rookie offensive guard Connor Williams at left guard and Suafilo who's a little bit heavier set has done a nice job of using his brute strength creating a push at the line of scrimmage and helping to pave the way for Ezekiel Elliott Williams. That was one thing that he lacked here in his rookie season was the strength to handle bigger interior defense alignment. So he was one of the main flaws to this Cowboys stagnant rushing attack early into the 2018 season. However, Philo has been able to come in and supplant him as the starter for the time being. But the Saints, they're just limiting teams to 73.2 yards. Now that is going to be fun to watch. Because Elliot, as I just mentioned, he has eclipsed 120 yards or more on the ground during this win streak. In addition to that, as if that wasn't already impressive, he's managed to accumulate 143 yards or more total yards from scrimmage in each of the last three contests. So this is a back that is really in his rhythm, finding his groove. He's running with patience, he's running with authority, he is a true bell cow running back that the Dallas Cowboys selected back in 2016 with the fourth overall pick. They're reaping the benefits of his versatility in this offense. And one thing's for sure, if Dallas is going to crack the code and even come close or within striking distance of knocking off the New Orleans Saints, the Cowboys will need to dictate the time of possession as they've done many times before in efforts of winning as underdogs, but giving the ball to Drew Brees for large portions of the game does not bode well for opposing teams as we've seen on the scoreboard each and every single week this saints offense will drive you into the ground and make the defense pay for having to be out on the field at a frequent rate so this area is going to be significant for dallas to keep this train rolling in the right direction it will not be easy Tyron Smith is battling an injury. Zach Martin continues to play on some sore knees. But going up against a defensive front that already has Cameron Jordan. They got Marcus Davenport back. And they've got strong play from Sheldon Rankins, a former top pick. This is going to be a war in the trenches. And one that Dallas must have for any opportunity to come out on top. Now the third matchup here, the Saints high-powered passing attack against the Cowboys secondary. The Cowboys are one of the worst teams in defending against passes to running backs, so stopping the screen and dump-off game is paramount to pulling off the upset. Now, it doesn't get any easier with The dynamic running back, Alvin Kamara, is for the Saints. And then the hammer, Mark Ingram, provides as well. The Cowboys, their young linebacking core, is going to be challenged to another level come Thursday night. Leighton Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith. Those are two sideline-to-sideline side line type linebackers who have been playing at an exceptional level this season in place of the injured Sean Lee. However, Alvin Kamara presents a whole new challenge as he's one of the most difficult running backs to bring down in the open field and that has been reiterated to me by several NFL players that have joined the Chase podcast. They've all said that Kamara is one of the most challenging backs to bring down because he's so slippery. His elusiveness, his one cut quickness, this guy is a whole other headache for defenses to game plan for. Now the Saints They possess the 7th ranked passing attack in the NFL while the Cowboys rank 12th in that category. A couple of matchups that we'll see in this main matchup. Michael Thomas against Byron Jones. We all know the type of impact receiver Michael Thomas is for Drew Brees and the Saints. But Byron Jones, this corner, he's... Silently having himself a Pro Bowl caliber type year. He does not have the interceptions to go along with his bid for a Pro Bowl, but Byron Jones has been very efficient in limiting opposing teams, number one wideouts. This guy has been under the direction of passing game coordinator Chris Richard, who has A track record of working with longer corners athletic corners. We all know Byron Jones can jump out the gym with his hopping skills. So being able to do that is going to help him handle Michael Thomas. Now defenses have had success. In shutting down Thomas before, now of course it's a rarity because Thomas is so special because of the size he brings, the speed he brings, and just all the intangibles. His ability to find the open crease in zone coverage as well as beating man-to-man coverage on the outside as well as the slot. So Byron Jones, this will be his toughest opposition this season but those two should have their fair share of battles especially as the Saints work into the red zone so that's another matchup that will prove to weigh who can come out and win this ball game and lastly the final matchup that I want to talk about is the Saints offensive line against the Dallas pass rush. In order to slow down Drew Brees, you must be able to generate a consistent pass rush against one of the league's best offensive lines. You look at this unit, Max Unger, Andrews Pete, Taron Armstead, who may or may not be available, I know he's been out with an injury, but Ryan Ramchick, Larry Warford, these guys are legit and I think they have solidified themselves. As the top offensive line unit in the NFL, these guys do not allow defenses to lay a hand on Drew Brees when he's standing in the pocket. And boy, you can tell that that's the case because you look at the MVP type season Drew Brees is having. This guy will make you pay to no end if you continue to let him pick you apart from his comfort zone now, the Cowboys, their defensive line, they're led by Demarcus Lawrence who has eight and a half sacks on the season. He's playing with a torn labrum so you know that has to be hindering his ability. However, this guy is clearly the number one threat on Dallas's pass rush. Taco Charlton has been dinged up as well as David Irving, Malik Collins has nursed some injuries, but this Cowboys defensive front better show up to play because if they do not, this game is just going to end up being another blowout in the Saints' favor. They will run the Cowboys out of their home stadium as they've done in previous weeks. So I cannot express the significance of the Dallas Cowboys and Rod Marinelli dialing up pressure, whether that be up the middle with his linebackers or cornerback blitzes. You have to make Drew Brees uncomfortable. So look for the Dallas Cowboys to come out with a little bit higher sense of urgency When it comes to being aggressive, rushing up the field as well as loading the box to fluster Drew Brees a little bit. With all that being said, I'm willing to play with fire and pick the Dallas Cowboys to win this ball game. I understand this is a bold pick considering how flawless this Saints team has been this season. But the Dallas Cowboys do possess the formula to knock off a team like New Orleans because of the way they've been running the ball. Now I understand the challenges they face going up against the Saints, stingy rush defense. But I feel like being at home where the Cowboys have thrived on top of the momentum they're carrying into this game Dak Prescott has looked like a different quarterback with Amari Cooper on offense. This defense, while they've had their share of struggles, they've looked like a different group of players under Rashard. They're playing with a more aggressive mentality. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to slow down the Saints. I still think the Saints are going to have their fair share of success with Alvin Kamara, Breeze, Michael Thomas, Uh, Mark Ingram, maybe Benjamin Watson, but where I think Dallas is going to be able to win the war against the Saints is their ability to control the clock, to pick apart the Saints secondary that has been one of the worst units in the NFL, look for Dak Prescott to go at Cooper early and often, and if he's locked down by Lattimore, that should open up opportunities. For players like Cole Beasley and Michael Gallup, who has been coming on strong, look for another big outing from Ezekiel Elliott in a game where he could very easily eclipse over 180 yards from scrimmage. And I like the Cowboys' chances to come out and shock the world and win this one in a tight one, 31-28 off a game-winning field goal from Brett Maher, who, yes, has been shaky this season where he's missed at least one field goal the last several games, but I think he gets the job done. Dak Prescott is efficient yet again, and this Dallas Cowboys team continues to trend in the right direction and gets another game lead In that NFC East, as we approach the month of December and the playoff race. So, there you have it Wednesday's episode of the Chase Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to all the content. I will be back here on Friday to preview Sunday's slate of games and share my predictions for each matchup. Until then,